I'd like to have a special moment with the children. And so if you are worshiping with us and want to move a little closer to your screens, I'll see which camera I should look into. Boy, do I miss seeing you in person, but I'm so glad that we have this great technology that allows us to still worship together on Sunday morning. So I have a special surprise this morning. We had made some plans for our worship series that's all about love. We're going to spend the next seven weeks together on Sunday mornings talking about love and how much God loves us and how we're called to love God and love other people. And so what we wanted to do this morning, if it weren't for the snow, was to give out gifts to everybody who came to worship in person and to keep giving them out for the next six weeks and to make sure that anyone who wants one can get one if we mail it to them or drop it by their house. And I'm going to show you what it is. It's called a tumbler. That's a, a word that's kind of new. It's a cup, basically, and it says, love always. That's our theme for the next seven weeks, to love always, because as Mr. Patrick just read, love never ends. And then on the back, it has West End, United Methodist Church. And this is something you can put cold water in or hot chocolate in, whatever you want to drink. You can put it in here and remember that God loves you and that you're called to love other people. One of the things that made us think about having a cup is that it gives us an idea about God's love that gets poured into us. God's love that's poured into our hearts all the time. A never-ending supply, like a faucet just running all the time. God's love is always pouring out upon us. And it fills us up and helps us to feel loved. And that way, we can always drink from God's love and share it with other people. So this is a reminder, if you drink out of this cup, that God's love is filling your heart. And God wants to keep you full of God's love all the time so you can share it with other people. So if you're able to come to church in person sometime over the next few weeks, you can have one of these too. And if you're not able to get here, let us know and we'll make sure and get one to you. Let's pray together. God of love, we thank you so much for the way that you love us completely without stopping. There's nothing that will ever keep you from loving us. Help us to receive your love. Help it to fill our hearts so that we can share it with other people all the time, every day. We can love always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. By the way, purple's my favorite color, but they also have blue and orange and green, any color you like. So as I've shared with the children, or as you've heard me say a few times over the past few weeks, we are launching a brand new worship series this morning, where we're going to be exploring 1 Corinthians 13. And this morning, we're honing in and focusing in on the simple phrase, love is patient, which gives me an excuse to please ask for your patience. <laughs> 
with this weather coming in, we've had to move this time of worship and record it early on a Saturday morning. And I thought I had 24 whole hours to work on a sermon, but you're getting what you're getting this morning, and I hope you'll be bearing with me. That's another part of it. Love bears all things. So please bear through this sermon if you would. One of the reasons it's been hard to get to the actual Sunday sermon this week is because there have been several other worship services that I've had the privilege of participating in. On Friday afternoon, we had an opportunity to celebrate the beautiful life of Sue Miller, a true saint in our midst. And so we had a lovely memorial service here in the sanctuary on Friday afternoon. On Saturday evening, which to me is a few hours from now and to you is yesterday, there was a wedding that I got to officiate. We celebrated a marriage taking place and worshiped God together in the sanctuary. And then Sunday morning worship. As the Spirit would have it, all three of these worship services centered around the same text, 1 Corinthians 13. Bill Miller and his family chose to have that as one of their readings for the memorial service. It was a reading that he had read aloud at their wedding, and it was a teaching of Paul that Sue embodied throughout her life. In fact, I can hardly think of anyone who embodied this kind of love better than Sue Miller. And then, of course, tonight at the wedding, there will be someone reading 1 Corinthians 13, That's probably when we hear it most often, is at weddings. Because it is a hymn, H-Y-M-N, to love, a celebration of love and a charge to the couple on how to love one another. To be patient and kind, not insisting on your own way, bearing with one another. But the truth is that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter not to two people who were taking vows to each other in marriage, but to a congregation, to a group of of followers of Christ who were trying to figure out how to love one another as Christ loved them. The church in Corinth was having a lot of conflict and a lot of trouble. It seems to have been a very diverse congregation made up of people who had come from the Jewish tradition and others who had come from the Gentile culture. And it was really hard to figure out how to order their life together. There were people who were wealthy and established citizens, and there were others who were enslaved and poor. There were men and women, young and old, and different political opinions, different opinions about the Roman government, and here they were all mixed up together trying to be a church. And the whole letter, first letter to the Corinthians especially, Paul is addressing various conflicts and problems and taking issue by issue and helping them walk through it. But when he gets to chapter 13, he hones in on what is absolutely at the foundation of life together, and that is love. You can do all of these other things. You can go out in mission to the world. You can help the poor. You can move mountains with your faith. You can have a beautiful building. You can have all sorts of children and youth ministries. But if you do not love one another, if you do not love your neighbor, if you do not abide in love as a way of life, it all comes down to nothing. And so we remember that love is at the foundation of who we are called to be. 
as a church and as individual followers of Christ. And so in our worship planning time, we thought it was important to, to get back to the basics, to hone in on this chapter about love. And what we're really going to be doing over the next seven weeks is focusing in on just a few verses, verses 4 through 7. And if you were here this morning and had the bulletin in front of you, you would see we have those words all laid out in the bulletin. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not boastful or arrogant or rude, and so forth. And each week we're going to pick one of those phrases and dive a little deeper. But as I began to study these few verses this week, I realized that, although I don't remember a whole lot of my New Testament Greek, that all of these words are actually verbs. They're not adjectives describing what love is like. They are verbs showing what love does. Love shows patience. Love practices patience. Love shows kindness, acts in kindness in the world. And that's a great reminder that love is a verb. Which, by the way, I'll be reminding the couple tonight as they come to the altar to take their vows that even though they're probably filled with romantic feelings for each other right now, feelings come and go. But love is a choice. Love is an act of the will. Love is a verb to wake up every morning and choose each other once again. To wake up every morning and choose to be patient, to be kind, not to insist on your own way, And that's true for all of us in every relationship and not just those dearest to us. Love shows patience. Love practices patience. Now, if we had folks in the sanctuary this morning, I don't want to put the choir on the spot, but I'm just wondering how many of us find patience a little challenging at times? Yeah? When I first started to dive into this idea of patience, I actually resisted a little bit because I believe there are times when patience is not called for. On this weekend, as we remember Dr. Martin Luther King and his legacy and his ministry, I can't help but think about his letter from a Birmingham jail. There was a letter from eight clergy in Alabama and Georgia who were encouraging Dr. King and others to be patient, to make sure and and bring about change, but to do it through the legal system, through legislation, through the judiciary. And in his letter from a Birmingham jail, Martin Luther King Jr. asserts that, that the time is now. It is not the time to be patient and wait or to be passive because change will not happen unless we demand it and unless we ask for it. I can't help but think about Jesus' parable of the persistent widow who was not patient, who continued to knock and knock and knock on the door of the judge in order to gain justice. Or I think about Jesus himself going into the temple and knocking down the tables. That was not an act of patience. That was an act of disruption to draw attention to what needed to change. So how do we hold that alongside love shows patience? Well, for one thing, as we look at the Greek word that's used by Paul in this context, 
The only time it's ever used throughout the New Testament, it's talking about in personal relationship, in relationship with people, not with circumstances or situations or injustice, but in our relationships with people to show patience. And the word literally means to be of long feeling, perhaps even long suffering, long hanging with someone. How do we do that? When are the times that that you feel impatient? I know it happens to me almost every day. In situations where what I want and what I'm expecting is not happening. Where someone who I want to change is not changing, or I'm standing in line at the grocery store and I need to get on to my next thing and someone is digging around in their purse trying to find their credit card. Deep breath. I was in the Walgreens the other day and to pick up a prescription and I was two people far back in line and there was a gentleman at the counter who was leaning in and he couldn't see that there were people waiting and he was just chit-chatting with the pharmacist and well now tell me where you're from and how's it going and and I was just sitting there being okay I'm feeling very impatient now's not the time to have this conversation I didn't say anything and I didn't act on it I didn't turn it into a verb thank goodness but I sure felt it and I've just reflected on that feeling of impatience and what's behind it a situation that I'm not in control, a situation that I want what I want and I'm not getting it, a situation when I feel like someone else is uh, not being attentive to my needs and I get impatient. It's that day-to-day impatience that, that plagues me so much. And it causes me to look at that person as a problem, as someone who's in my way. So how does Paul invite us? How does Paul invite the church in Corinth into greater patience with each other and with other people? How can we practice patience when we're wired to be impatient? I think where we have to start with all of these attributes of love is with the nature of God. To remember God's patience with us, God's patience with me. We look to the scriptures and we see Adam and Eve turning against God in the story of creation and how God goes looking for them in the garden. And when God realizes what has happened, even though they have to leave the garden, God clothes them and goes out with them. I see God's patience with Abraham and Sarah as God has made the promise to bring them offspring. And as the years go by, they get impatient and they bring in Hagar and they mess up this whole situation and do harm to her and harm to each other. And God steps into that situation and says, I will take care of Hagar and her child and I'll invite you to keep trusting me and I'll keep walking with you. As we see God walk with the people of Israel as they continue to complain and we don't have enough water and the food is terrible and when are we ever going to get to the promised land? And God has patience upon patience upon long-suffering patience. 
Think about those moments when Jesus got impatient with the disciples. Do you remember that time when he looks up to the heavens and says, how long must I deal with this generation? I'm so fed up with you guys. But he doesn't walk away from them. He stays with them. He keeps praying for them and teaching them and guiding them. And when they all scatter to the four winds at his arrest, he returns in his resurrection and gathers them once again and teaches them and fills them with the Holy Spirit and sends them out. I think about God's patience with me as I have continued to wander and veer and try and control and turn away from God and doubt and fail to love God and my neighbor. And yet, as the prayer says in our hymnal, new every morning is your mercy, O God. And if God is so long-suffering, so patient, with me and with us, how can we not try and live out patience for one another? So what does that look like in your life? What does that look like in my life? To be patient with the unfolding that is happening in your own life, be patient with the work that God is doing in you, be patient with yourself, If you're struggling in a time of depression or anxiety or job loss or grief or whatever it may be, to be patient with the work that God is doing and bringing about in your life. To be patient with others in the day-to-day living. Can I tell you a story? And it's about me and a time that I showed patience And I was so grateful to God for helping me in that moment. David and I were with our daughter, Levi, on spring break a few years ago. And our plane landed in Miami. We were going to the Everglades. The plane landed a little bit after midnight. We got to the hotel at 1 o'clock in the morning. And apparently, we had not done our reservations through Expedia. But Expedia had just suddenly canceled all the reservations at the hotel. And so someone who'd had the evening shift was just putting people into rooms and there was no record of what rooms they were in um, or who was where in the hotel. By the time we got there, there was a new woman at the front desk trying to figure out which rooms were empty. She sent us up twice with a security guard to two rooms that were already occupied. So can you imagine one o'clock in the morning, someone's knocking on your door, freaked people out. And bless her heart, she was just trying to figure it out. And I felt so frustrated. I really was angry and I was impatient. We were tired, we were hangry. But thanks be to God, and thanks be to my husband, who is a very gentle person by nature, we were able to breathe deeply and remember that this was not her fault. And even if it had been her fault, there was nothing she could really do beyond what she was doing in the moment. And God helped me begin to feel compassion for her and what she was dealing with. And so we were kind and we were patient and we eventually got into a hotel room, even though it was a king-size bed that all three of us had to try and fit into. But we slept and everything was okay. Two weeks later, I come to church and Mike and Sue Salado came up to me and they said, we heard that you were so kind to that woman working at the hotel in Miami 
It's like, what? How did you know that? And it turns out their son and his wife and their family were in the lobby at the same time. And I thought, whew, boy, am I glad I behaved myself. The truth is we, we just never know who we might touch if we can practice love in our daily lives. To bless that woman who was trying so hard and to be kind didn't cost us anything, but I hope it made her life easier. To bear witness to the love and patience of God in that interaction, I'm so grateful for the Spirit who helped us to do that. I could tell you lots of stories about times I failed at it, but thanks be to God in that moment, we were able to be patient in the way that God calls us to be. So, the invitation, my friends, is to practice patience. We're not going to get it right every time, but new every morning are God's mercies. God who is really ready to fill our cups again every day with love and patience so that we can continue to show it and practice it out in the world in the hope that through our interactions, big and small, every day, God can change the world. And thanks be to God for God's patience and a God who never gives up on us. Amen.